It is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Enjoy the wonderful, wonderful spirit of the Lord that I feel every time I walk into the house of God. I got into the morning uh, Sunday school class late, uh, and I walked into a subject uh, of worry, people worrying about things. And I was worried about what I was going to speak this morning is why I was late. <laughs> but I, uh, you have to understand how my mind works, Brother Harold. You gave me inspiration for a great, great profitable business that will be very easy to run. Do you know, I remember back when someone got this idea that they could sell stones and they were comfort stones. And to my great surprise, when I saw that I laughed, I thought, no idiot in the world is going to buy those. And come to find out, all over the country and world, people were buying little bags of stones. Only, only got two or three stones. They pay money for these stones for comfort. Well, I think I want to start a business. And it won't cost you much. You just call up maybe for a dollar, maybe two dollars. And you just tell me. You just record it, and I ain't going to hear it. You're going to record what you want to worry about that day. I'm going to plug it into a machine, and it's automatically going to project your voice in this room where there's a Bible. Because the Lord says, cast all your cares upon me. Now, this is biblical, what I'm thinking about. This is a Bible business. It's ordained of God that I start this business there were people all over the world that have stuff to worry about. They can call in, and it'll just be a dollar, but when you get millions of people doing that, it could add up. And, and, and you just, whatever it is you have to worry about. Because you know how much good it does for you to worry about stuff? I'm, you're going to get the same thing accomplished. Just call up my number, and I'll take care of it for you. You don't got to worry about it no more. I think that is a great business. Son, we need, to, we need to try this out because it's a lot safer than what we're doing right now. <laughs> a whole lot safer. <clears throat> and, uh, and it's biblical. I mean, cast your cares upon me because uh, he, he cares for us. Well, praise God. <clears throat> anyway, that's a little bit humorous, but I really think it would work. I really think it would work. I see the crazy things that people spend money for. I mean, they do go into these little rooms, and they have someone sit there and look at the palm of their hand, and they tell them their future from looking at their hand. Now, if you pay money for that, surely to goodness you pay me a dollar. <laughs> Come on. Well, praise God anyhow. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Brother uh, Tyler, uh, were you able to get that video uh, I don't know how much it all I'll show if we got the right thing. I had a hard time sending it to him. Me and computers don't get along very well, but I, I sent a little caption for him. Because I'm going to talk to you today about war. Uh, and uh, we have a little video here of supposedly the greatest fighting machine that's ever been invented. And it's on its way. Oh, by the way, while he's pulling that up, let me just mention, uh, 
As some of you know, and you've been asking me about the Ukraine family that I had volunteered to sponsor, I got a phone call yesterday from my friend Paul Adamuk, uh, Alina's uncle, uh, and he said that they are supposed to be here on the 18th of this month. So uh, it's a grandmother, a daughter, and a grandson. And uh, I don't know the whole story, but I'm assuming that the men folk cannot leave the country because anyone over 16 to 60 have to stay and fight. And so anyway, we're sponsoring them uh, for six months and hopefully by then uh, we'll have jobs for them and uh, they'll be able to get a place of their own. And um, thank you for your prayers and also thank you for your involvement with Ukraine because you helped us with the, uh, the container that we uh, sent over. We got several thank yous uh, from them. Uh, they sent a video thanking this church, the branch community for all that you did. We were able to fill up that container and ship it over. And oh, what a blessing that was to many people. And it was because you sacrificed and you made it happen and that was possible. All right, uh, Brother Tyler, how are we coming? Are we ready to go? He's ready? Okay. I hope. Tyler, when he gets stuff from me, he's always like this. What does this, this mean, Bishop? Uh, uh, no, it's a guy talking, but yeah, that's it's the uh, Martin F-22 Raptor. Uh, I can maybe, ex uh, do you think we can pull that up or not? If not, I'll just explain best I know. This uh, particular uh, plane, <clears throat> it was designed for warfare. And I'm just going to start talking in case we, we aren't able to get it up there. Um, the paint on it actually is a paint that's designed to uh, reflect radar. It can be detected, but it's not easily detected by radar even. <laughs> it has so many sensors on it uh, that it, uh, it makes it such a, an intelligent plane, and as I said, it flies so fast, it has a total of eight destructive, uh, I don't know what you call them, missiles, I guess, on it to, to fire, and two of them are actually heat-seeking missiles. It could shoot at a, some aircraft somewhere out there in space, and if it's warmer than the rest of the air from the exhaust, it will find that heat, and then it'll chase that object until it destroys it. Um, 
its maneuverability is uh, uh, is amazing. It can fly and then all of a sudden just do a 90 degree straight up. Uh, the turns and everything, it's, it's just a superior, and I'm not doing near as good a job as the commentator uh, did on the video that I watched, but um, uh, it, it, it's just outstanding. There's not a, a, a anything uh, that we know of close to the ability um, uh, for battle uh, as this, this machine. And if you're going to go to war, you want the best weapons on your side. <laughs> you agree? And um, I know uh, as children, uh, I grew up in a family of six kids, so you can imagine we had a few fights. And uh, I don't know if the girls ever got involved in this, but us boys, we would get in a fight, and we'd, get, we'd end up throwing rocks at each other. I know that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. We would fight with rocks, and um, boy, I tell you, it's fun when you hit the other guy with a rock. But when that rock returns and it's a little bigger than yours, it ain't much fun. And uh, we approach life with the fact that uh, we have warfare. Now, I know as a young person, I like to fight. I fought a lot. I was stupid. And uh, I liked it so much, I started taking training. I used to box. I wanted to make a career out of it, but my dad wouldn't sign. And I fought in exhibition fights. That was prior to the Golden Gloves. And uh, I wanted to go into Golden Gloves, and he wouldn't sign the paper, so he wouldn't let me go. And I, Dad, why won't you sign the paper? He says, I don't want you talking like, 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 this when you're 40 years old. So uh, he wouldn't sign for me to... To box and uh, and then so some of my um, uh, guys that I fought against they went on and one of them actually became the champ and I always hated him for that but um, it's something in our blood we just men want to fight I don't know why we just fight now women they don't like to fight <clears throat> says the man that never got married um, so it's a, a nature kind of to fight and uh the amazing thing about it is is i don't know how we measure who who wins i remember back years ago on broadway um there was broadway gangs and there was fights all the time and i remember one guy he fought all the time he'd go into a bar room and just pick a fight with somebody and someone asked him why do you do that he says, well, you have to get in a fight once in a while so you know you're a man. I'm talking about low mentality people here, friends. I'm talking at the bottom of the list. You know, you know friends in low places? Well, I grew up with them. And so, you know, fighting was uh, a normal thing up until uh, when I got saved. And uh, when I got in church, I realized that 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 can't happen anymore because I'm a Christian now. And I'm here to tell you that for the biggest part, for the most of the time, I have been victorious over that. I, I may have backslid a couple times, but not for long. And one of the biggest fears I had when I became a Christian is that someone would challenge me because back when, uh, 
if somebody did something wanted to fight and you didn't fight, well, you were a coward. You were a sissy. And the fear of being called that was much worse than walking around with two black eyes and a broken nose. So uh, it did happen. Uh, I don't know if any of the saints remember this, but there was a time on Nursery Avenue when we had the storefront. And I think it might have been the period of time where my parents were in Haiti and I was asked to pastor the church for a short period of time. And there was a man came in the church. Um, he had been in a fight with my brother in a, in a, in a bar room somewhere. Uh, my brother wasn't in church at that time. And he came down to the church and tried to, tried to pretend that I was my brother and um, picked a fight with me. I was leaving the church. And uh, he had come into the service and waited till it was over. I walked straight to my car, got in the car. My wife was in the car with me. And he walked over to the window and challenged me. Well, my human nature, the first thing was, is I got out of the car. And then there's something in the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, be careful what you do. You're a preacher now. And so I, uh, I, I, I just, I wasn't going to hit him or anything, but I just got out of the car. And I was standing there. And um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he backhanded me. And I didn't see it coming. And he caught me. Just about like Jose Ramirez caught that second baseman in the ball game. If you heard anything about that, he knocked the second baseman out with a right cross. And he caught me so good that my jaw ached. And all the years I boxed, I never once got hit hard enough to hurt like that. And uh, when he hit me, the natural thing to do was to hit him back. And man, I tell you, the Holy Ghost like lightning spoke. And I looked over my shoulder, and there was several brethren standing on the church step. And I thought, well, I can't get up and preach it if I can't live it. And I said, God, you got to help me. And uh, I wanted to cry. <laughs> I didn't want to cry because I was hit. I wanted to cry because I couldn't hit him. <laughs> and so uh, I, uh, I thought for a moment, and uh, I said, uh, uh, Mr. Mance or whatever I forget his first name. Mance was his second, uh, last name. I looked at him, and, and the Holy Ghost just moved in, and, and I said, well, the Bible says, if a man smites you on one cheek, turn him the other, and I says, there it is, if you want to hit me. And I thank God he didn't hit me. <laughs> he did not hit me. And so, <clears throat> I, uh, when he didn't, it pretty well thing was over. I just walked back over to the car, and I got in the car, and uh, he came over to the window. I rolled the window down, thinking, well, maybe he's going to decide to go ahead and take that punch anyway. And he stood there, and he started crying. And he says, I know what the Bible says. It says, touch not my prophets and do my, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And he got down on his knees, and he begged me to forgive him. Now, I could not have got him down on his knees crying any other way in the world if I'd have fought with him all day. But God stepped in when I invited God into the battle. I want to talk to you today for a few minutes about spiritual warfare. 
scripture says in Ephesians 6 and 12, Ephesians 6 and 12, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and put on the whole armor of God that you may, that you may be able, you know what, half of this isn't here, uh, for we wrestle that you may be able to stand against the spiritual wickedness in high places. I, I, I don't know what happened to my computer. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand. The first verse is washed out. Oh, boy. Here. Thank you. Instant help in the time. See, if I had a Bible, I could just read it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to uh, withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I like this scripture in the fact that it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's not your battle. I, 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 God changed me so much, I can't even stand to watch these programs they have on TV where two guys get out in a ring and beat each other bloody and kick each other's brains out. And, and uh, I, I can't watch that anymore. I thank God he, he changed my heart. And then recently I've been uh, a few times I've saw these captions where two guys stand face to face to each other and they take turns slapping each other upside the head as hard as they can. What level of stupid is that? I have never seen anything so dumb in my whole life. I, I can't believe it. I mean, there's no skill involved. There's, no, there's nothing but just a big pile of stupidity involved. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Your battle is not your neighbor. Believe it or not, your battle is not your wife. Your battle is not your husband. It's not your children. It's not a human being. Your battle is a spiritual warfare. You're fighting against spirits. Now, we don't understand spiritual warfare very well. For the biggest part, it's not part of our daily training to understand what it means to fight spiritually. But if you're going to be in a natural battle and you're going to be in a war, you want this F-22 Raptor. That thing is unbelievable. It's a, a, a machine of destruction. If you're going to be in a fight, you want to be the biggest guy and you want to have the biggest fight in you. If you're going to fight with weapons, you want to have the best. But that's not our battle. So I'm in a spiritual warfare. What is a spiritual warfare even being? Do you ever feel totally exhausted with life? Some people get so totally exhausted with life and the battle of life and, 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 and the challenges of life, they become depressed. They become depressed so bad they can't function. Then the body itself will attack itself and you'll grow ulcers and you can even grow different kinds of uh, uh, 
body dysfunctions because of depression, because you're exhausted, because you, you, you just can't carry the load anymore. I, a term came to surface some years back that I never grew up hearing at all, and it was people working in the church, preachers, ministers, evangelists, and missionaries, and they say, well, they're just suffering from burnout. I never heard that term growing up. What is, what is burnout when it comes to working for God? Uh, I, I never understood it. I probably do a little better now, but, but what, what, what does this mean? Our bodies, physically, mentally, emotionally, we only can handle so much. And when you come to the place you feel you can't take it anymore, why don't you give it to God? The Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord, for he careth for you. Invite God into the battle. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They're not planes. They're not swords. They're not fists. They're not clubs. They're not rocks. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. I want to stop right there. I could preach a month on that subject right there. Casting down imaginations. Do you realize that a big part of your spiritual warfare is simply battling your own imagination? Now, I told you a story here a, a week or two ago about a friend of mine that said he saw the devil in his room. Now, I don't believe there was a physical being standing there. If there was, fine, I, I'll give it to him. I don't believe that. But I believe to him there was really a person standing there. I do. I believe to him there was the devil standing there in his face challenging him. But I don't believe there was anybody standing But in his mind. Your mind, your imagination, I mean... Uh, I don't know if you've ever done this, but even when you're dreaming, you know, your mind is at work. Your imagination is going. There's been times I jumped up out of the bed to catch a ball somebody threw at me. Only to wake up. Oh, you idiot. Uh, there's been times I, I woke up exhausted because I was running from somebody. I was laying on a bed and my legs were just going like crazy. In my mind, your mind can affect everything. I shouldn't tell you this. It had, it did happen on an occasion where I would have a dream that my wife was cheating on me. Now you knew my wife and I know my wife never ever cheated on me, but I would wake up thinking that she had flirted with somebody in this dream. And I had a hard time getting along with her all the next day, maybe a whole week. Because in my mind, my spirit changed because of my imagination. Now, I'm just confessing. You don't have to tell your story, too. But it happens because there is a power of the mind. Our, it says our, our weapons are the casting down of imaginations. Do you know how many friendships are destroyed because someone gets it in their mind that a friend doesn't like them or they're talking about them. I, I can't tell you the times I've seen someone who had a friend and they was talking to someone else and they looked at this person and they started laughing and they thought they were making fun of them. They thought, and, and you know what? Don't compliment yourself that much. People have other things to talk about other than you. Hello? But the imagination, 
Imagination. People get imaginations in their mind. Sometimes they get it in their mind that the preacher's picking on them. And every time the preacher gets up to preach, he almost calls my name out. He's just picking on me. So you get that in your imagination. So you look for that to happen. Even if it ain't happening. To you, it's happening. The power of the mind. The power of the imagination can cause mood swings, can cause anger. Eventually, it can bleed into sin. But the Bible says our warfare is casting down imaginations and every high thing that exhausted itself against God or the knowledge of God. And bring it into captivity. Every thought of the obedience of Christ. Bring it into captivity. The obedience of Christ. Let me try to put this in layman's terms. What this is saying is, you have to control your imagination. You have to fight against disobedience. But bring into captivity the obedience of God, what God wants. Because our flesh fights against what God wants. Our battle, if you haven't caught it yet, our battle spiritually is within us. This man right here cannot affect me spiritually. Other than the fact that he can teach and preach the word of God and he can pray for me. How I perceive him can affect me. And what you do cannot affect me spiritually. It's what I do that affects me spiritually. And the Bible says it's not what goeth into a man that defileth him, but it's what comes out. Once you begin to speak your imagination, once you begin to speak your mood, once you begin to speak how you feel, you're beginning. Now you are beginning to uh, expel what's inside of you. From the abundance of the heart, the Bible says, the mouth speaketh. So think on whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, whatever things are a good report. Whatever that, I mean, or you can just dwell on the negative and talk about that. You can just talk about people's faults and you can just talk about their sins and you can talk about everything that Satan has done or will do or wants to do to you and you can just dwell on that and just waller in that and you're losing the battle. This is a spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. No amount of money is going to make you successful spiritually. No automobile you can buy, no clothes you can wear, no trip you can take, none of those things can boost you spiritually. Spiritual is a self-control. Scripture says, he that controlleth his own spirit is greater than he that taketh a city. Taking a city is something physical. Taking a city is something you do with weaponry. But to control your own spirit, you can't take a bat and beat control into a person. Well, maybe to some extent you could. But you can't bring yourself under control by beating yourself. But by submitting yourself 
unto God. One of the biggest tricks, one of the biggest tricks in any warfare is when you take and use the element of surprise. And that's what Satan pulls on us so often. We're not expecting what he has planned for us. But a wise person fights a battle. No battle's been won on the defense. You have to go on the offense. How do I go on the offense fighting against the devil and the devil's plan of trickery to me? You go on the offense by coming to church on Sunday morning. You go on the offense by reading the word of God. You go on the offense when you raise your hands and worship and praise God. You go on the offense when you sing songs to God and you rehearse his word and you keep him in your thoughts. And as Brother Harold so well illustrated this morning, the Bible says, pray without cease. Now, I don't think that means that we have to get on our knees all day long and pray 24-7. But you have God on your mind and, and God does something good for you or, or uh, someone cuts in front of you in a car and you didn't hit him. You say, oh, thank God. Or, or, or something pleasant, and you say, thank you, Jesus. Always on the end of your mind, on your tongue, is the praise of God. That is preparation for warfare. That's preparing for that element of surprise. That's getting you in a position that you have enough cushion be, to be able to withstand the attacks of Satan on your life. And that's not to say that it will be easy. And it's not to say that he might not pull some surprises out. But it says that you are seasoned. You are prepared mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You are prepared for whatever Satan may throw at you. I've always been, so been impressed with, uh, well, my memory is not what it used to be. The man that wrote that song, um, It Is Well. It is well with my soul. Uh, the man that was on the ship lost his whole family and, uh, to a storm. And when he was going over that area on the ship, he walked out on the bow of the ship, wrote a beautiful song, and he said, it is well with my soul. You see, it needs to be well with your soul for you to be able to cope with what's inevitable in life. It's, in, it's inevitable. You're going to lose the elderly, eventually, should time prevail, they're going to pass. And then there are times when younger people pass unexpectedly. It's going to happen. It always has. Sometimes these things destroy people emotionally and spiritually. We used to have a family that came to church here, young family. We, Dan and I both uh, just thought so much of them. And I'm not going to name any names. And uh, we... They weren't real, real steady in the church, but they were coming, and we, we did everything we could to fellowship with them. And one day, the husband wouldn't come back to church, and, and we couldn't figure it out. We did everything we could to get him to come back to church. He wouldn't come back to church, and finally, I talked to him. His father had passed away, and he couldn't get over it. Well, come on. I mean, your father passed away. It happens. That's no reason to cast your soul down and not serve God? Things are going to happen. He wasn't prepared for that emotionally, and I understand that. 
goes, when I lost my father, it was the hardest, hardest time in my life. I, I almost give up the ministry. I just kept battling. I almost gave up the ministry because I would go to the pulpit. I couldn't preach. I just closed the Bible. All I could do was weep. I couldn't think about preaching a sermon. And I just kept praying and leaning on God, and he brought me through it. Uh, but I'm just saying, I understand how hard life can be. You have to remember, this is not a physical warfare. And the biggest battle is our mind. Scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what are you thinking in your heart? When Gideon was called upon to fight the, uh, the Midians, when he was called upon, he had to know that he was in the will of God. And when God spoke to him through an angel, he said, how shall I do this? I, I can't do this. And God told him, I will go with you. And he just wanted to make sure. So he went to bed that night and he said, God, I'm going to leave a fleece on the ground. When I wake up in the morning, if the ground's all dry, but that fleece is wet with dew, then I'll know you want me to go to battle. He got up the next morning. The ground was dry. He picked up the fleece. He rang it out, and he filled up a whole bowl of water from the fleece. And he says, God, that was pretty good. But tonight, when I go to bed, I'm going to throw the fleece out again, and I want the fleece to be dry and the ground to be wet. He really wanted to know he was in the will of God. Do we spend anywhere close to that much effort to see if our desire is in the will of God? He got up the next morning. Sure enough, the fleece was dry. The ground was wet. He was inviting God into a carnal battle. And I'm sure that you Bible scholars know the story as well as I do. How he went to battle. He had 32, I think 32,000 soldiers that showed up to battle. And the Lord says, I can't, I can't fight this battle with this many people. But the enemy had much, much, much larger army than that. You know, you got too many. He said, go down and tell everybody that's scared and they're afraid. Tell them to go home. He went down and told them all to go home that were afraid and scared. And I think it was 22,000 went home. Now he's down to 10,000 soldiers. The Lord says, yeah, you still got too many. God, have you looked at the size of that other army? You got too many. So he took them down to the, the brook to get a drink of water, all 10,000 of them. And he had guard, uh, people watching how they drank the water. And he says, every soldier that comes over and laps the water up like a dog, just puts his face down in the water, you can keep them. They're a keeper. But if they, they get down on their knees... And, and, and pull the water up to their mouth. We don't want them. So he sent everybody home, all 10,000 of them except 300. He says, now we got an army. <laughs> but Gideon knew, no matter what the odds, that God was on his side because he already proved and invited God into the battle. When you get God into the battle, you might not understand the odds or the circumstances, 
but God's got you. He's got you. And then you know the story how he won the battle by blowing the trumpets and holding a lantern up and scared thousands and thousands of soldiers away that wouldn't stay and fight because they were scared of 300 men. David went to battle with a slingshot. Now, I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the room. But when there's a giant out there in front of me with a big sword and a big shield, and all I have is a slingshot, I'm scared. But David didn't just have a slingshot. When he got to face Goliath, here's what he said. You come to me with a sword and a shield, but I come to you. Now, he didn't look down at that slingshot and say, I come to you with 16 inches of string and leather and a rock. But he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord. He invited God, the spirit, into a carnal battle. I believe this morning, everyone listen to me, have some battles in life, some struggles. And sometimes you get exhausted. Please. Hear what I'm saying today. Invite God into that battle. Get God on your side. Now, help him, get him to help you fight this spirit, this carnal battle in a spiritual way. Because he's going to help you win if you do. And you know the story how David, he took five stones. And a lot of people ask, why did he take five stones? He only took one to kill Goliath. Well, some say David knew he had four more brothers. I don't know. I don't know if he got it for the four brothers or if he got it just in case God don't show up. I need a little more weaponry in my sling. But he went up against Goliath. It wasn't long until he had the bloody stub of, that, uh, of Goliath up on his hip as he walked away a victor that day because he invited God into his battle. Whatever you're facing, would you stand with me, please? Whatever you're going through. I want you to know that God cares about you and God loves you. God's not picking on you. God hasn't decided to turn a deaf ear to you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you go have gone through. God likes to be invited into your battle. Every battle. He wants to be there. Remembering, as I close today, the battle, a spiritual battle, is fault in a carnal mind. Your imagination can be your worst enemy. Your mind, well, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. When it says a man thinketh, and he's not talking about this blood pump. It's talking about what you think. As a man think. If you think you can't win, if you think you're a loser, if you think you're going to be lost, if you think you're going to sin, those are the things you're going to do. But if you think you're going to go to church, 
I think I'm going to serve God. I think I'm going to thank God today for everything that I've got. I think I'm going to surrender my whole being to God and be the best Christian I can be. I think I'm going to be victorious. You will be victorious, friend. And those heavy loads that you're carrying, and those things that are dragging you down, God wants to take them off of your shoulders today. Amen. Let's all raise our hands and speak to the Lord for a moment. Come on, let's glory in Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we praise the mighty name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There is a fountain who is the king. Victorious warrior and Lord of everything. My rock, my shelter, my very own. Blessed Redeemer who reigns upon the throne. There is a fountain who is the king, victorious warrior and lord of everything. My rock, my shelter, my very own, blessed redeemer, who reigns upon the throne. There is a fountain who is the king, victorious warrior and lord of everything. My rock, my shelter, my very own blessed redeemer who reigns upon the throne hallelujah hallelujah been so good to be in the house of the lord today can you say amen amen, amen. heavenly father thank you for your word and thank you for these people we pray, God, that you send us forth, quickened, O oh Lord, with your spirit, quickened, O oh God, with your word, ready, O oh God, uh, to make a defense for your kingdom, to do battle, Lord, not with our brother, but, Lord, with the enemy, with that old serpent. Jesus, help us to throw a lifeline to those in need and to stand strong for your word. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.